0: this is Dr. Anita with another diamond moment. Diamonds are produced through time, heat and pressure. We've been discussing some of the pressures of life that may be informing the way that you think about yourself, the may that, the way that you live and move and have your being and whether those things are causing you to miss out on the life that you'd like to have. If you've been with me, uh, then you know that we're in a series of discussions. I'm posting uh, these uh, broadcasts more closely together uh, because I want us to have the opportunity to build our foundation quickly Because I think we're at a place where we can utilize the lessons that we're learning right now to move our own lives forward. So if I did this one week at a time, I think we would lose the momentum that we need for self-evaluation. I've been talking about a documentary uh, that the uh, gospel recording artist, well-known Kirk Franklin, made of... um, him finding out some very pertinent information in his life. And we've been looking at the generational influences of how um, he reacted in his life and the way things unfolded. Please go back and listen to Tough Questions, Generational Influences, so that you'll be able to get with us and to keep up with the discussion that we're having right now. Also, if you have not looked at his documentary, I definitely would recommend doing so. It's very powerful, very good. It's short. It's only 38 minutes. It's free. It's on YouTube. And you can go there so that you get a full understanding of what we're discussing in the areas that we're going through. So today, uh, we're looking at kind of where we left off. We left off with looking at the responses from the baby boomer generation. And we have three examples within his documentary of people who come from, I believe, looking at them and knowing his age, that they came from that baby boomer generation. We saw his aunt, Aunt Sandra, her um, interaction with him. Uh, My opinion is that they did have and will have an ongoing relationship We saw his mother, who he called simply Deborah. Uh, In that, you see a lack of respect. Most of the time, especially within the African-American community, within the African-American culture, we don't call people by their first name that are older than us. And most of the time, surely, if it's your mother, you're not going to call her by her first name. And so by him calling him Deborah and making it very, very clear in the documentary that he hadn't spoken with her for 20 plus years uh, because she was not available to him for whatever reason. And and they don't go into that and we don't know. Uh, in the last episode, I did kind of give some ideas on what it could be uh, and, and realizing who Gen X, Generation X is, and where they've come through societally, it's highly possible that his mom may have um, gotten involved with with um, drugs or alcohol. That could have been the foundational factor that caused her to have to give up her child. She may have been dealing with, which is also one of those taboo subjects within the African-American community and particularly the African-American church about emotional problems, about mental illness that uh, that is a holdover from slavery. We didn't talk about mental illness because that could mean your child or your loved one could be sold away. And so the community just kind of kept it and didn't say anything or they um, sent you somewhere else to live and grow up we know that when young women were, were pregnant in, in um, uh, early, uh, earlier years, that the young woman would be sent off and, and had her baby in another area, another place, and that relative or person that she was sent to would either facilitate a, uh, an adoption, so to speak, or they would raise the child. What we do know is that he was raised by a person in a generation removed from him. So this was not a person in his mother's generation. It probably would have been a person in the generation before her. And understanding that these people are termed the silent generation, we can understand why he felt the way he did, why he felt that things were missing because his generation, Generation X, people talked about stuff. They talked about what was taking place. These kids had privy to the wino on the corner or the prostitute walking down the street or what crack cocaine was doing to the community. They saw it. The Generation X is a generation that we termed as latchkey kids that had to be responsible, that had to come in sometimes and be at home for a few hours. And for some, it was even longer than that. Maybe they were the ones that had to take care of their brother or younger siblings uh, and and were made to be responsible. So these are people that not only had responsibility on them, but also kind of, you could say, had age-inappropriate knowledge for what was going on around them. So when we see him and he begins to talk about his life, What his life was like as a person in generation X, a person who is forced to be resilient, a person who is forced to to stand on his own two feet. He begins to talk about things like not living in his car, not having anything to eat, having a child at a young age. So he's making a generational mistake because no one was there to correct it or possibly being in a position looking for love. He said that he did not feel that he was loved. And one thing that we know, people will look for love, as they say, in all the wrong places. And he ended up being a teenage father. He ended up having a son at a very early age. And we see again that what some call a generational curse it happened to your mother she had a child at a young age and now it has happened to you you have a child at a young age we we hear him give a description in this documentary of the way he lived living in his car he said that uh at an early age in the lady's home that raised him she had a piano and how that piano became his outlet he taught himself to play. He sat there and he just worked at it. And he became very proficient at it. So much so until it's earning his livelihood today. It has given him the reputation that he has today as a world-class writer, producer. His his um, uh, groups have changed gospel music. They've made it where the masses want to participate in what he's doing. He freshened it. He brought it a whole new look. And so he's been very, very effective in what he did. But that started in the isolation of his youth because he had no one that he that was relating to him. And it was the way that he was able to get a break and a release. I always say that creativity is vital Creativity is vital in the lives of people, and it it would be another broadcast, but removing the arts from the schools has been very detrimental to many because that was their outlet and their ability to create, create and to become who they were intended to be. As we continue looking at his childhood, he, he talks about not being able to love. He felt that the way that he was raised and his mother not being around him or coming to visit. And he said he knew that was his mother, but she would come to visit, but she didn't take him with her. She left him where he was and that to any child would have to give them a feeling of rejection. So I believe as a form of self-defense, he cut the relationship with his mother, partly because she wasn't able to give him a a clear understanding of who his father was. Uh, Maybe having mistakenly, which he discusses one person that he thought was his father and wasn't. But I think that it goes a little deeper than that. I think that maybe there were several people that was kind of rumored that could have been his father, and yet they weren't. And so when he's talking about this relationship, he talks about not having felt love and what the outcome of that was that he didn't feel as though he was able to give love adequately. He mentioned to his wife, to his children, to his family, because he didn't get something that he felt he needed to have seen modeled to him in order to be effective with his generation in his time in his family all of these we're looking at from the perspective of of kurt franklin a gen x who he talks about being in therapy he talks about the fact that um he was his therapist's longest running client and, and kind of joked about it a little bit. But what it says is he's trying diligently to get to the bottom of why he feels the way he does, why he has the insecurities that he has, and why even with the level of success that he's obtained in his career is still difficult. Especially when you look at people who are in the public eye and the fact that um, he uh, is a self-identified Christian. You have people say, "Well, if Jesus is so good, why didn't He heal you?" Well, He's talking about the issues that He is grappling with and wrestling with, so that He can be healed. If you remember, there's a uh, a portion of Scripture in the Old Testament in the life of uh, Jacob, where He wrestles with 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 God. He said, I I will not let you go until you change me. And what I see in Kirk Franklin's story is that he's wrestling, that I will not stop. I will not relinquish. I will not let go until I get this thing in me fixed and healed that needs to be. So when we're looking at a Gen X person, we're looking at somebody who's resilient, who's had to make it against all odds, who's had to, in some instances, grow themselves up, be their own parent. We've seen them go through uh, difficulties, not having enough money, living with uncertainty. And we, if you're any mature, you know what living in uncertainty does and how it affects you, how it physically affects you, being anxious. Not knowing what tomorrow is going to hold, not having a foundation of security anywhere around you that you can go to readily and be able to be reinforced uh, when you need it. He was not that. So the relationship that he had with his mother, Deborah, not existing was very, very difficult. So he determines in this documentary with everything that he's been through, having had a disagreement with his son. So the generation beneath him now has been uh, um, adversely affected uh, and and we'll go into that that, uh, relationship uh, later. But realizing exactly what this has done and how he has suffered, he says it in his own words this is what gen X is. This is for baby boomers. These are our children for uh, the silent generation. It will be their grandchildren and how missing that generational influence, how it changed who he was, what he thought he could do, the insecurities, the, um, the challenges that he's had in his life, you can see it very clearly. This is what it looks like for those that are baby boomers for their children, and then we'll go over what it looks like for their grandchildren or their children's children. Please stay with me. Please continue to listen if you haven't. Go to Kirk Franklin's Father's Day uh, video and view it, 38 minutes. Uh, join me again next week or, or in our next episode as we move forward in evaluating uh, generational influences within our lives. This is Dr. Anita.